0: hi guys it's josh the host of tongue-tied and overwhelmed politics edition as you can tell i've created new intros for the songs uh so yeah uh this is a continuation of the discussion i had on the podcast on episode number casey so go listen to that one if you're missing it um and yeah thank you so much for tuning in see you guys on the other side bye What would define your campaign? Standing up to the billionaire class.
1: Billionaires.
0: Billionaires. Billionaires.
1: Billionaires.
0: And we're back. So my guest today is Casey, and we're here to talk about some of the themes we mentioned in the last podcast I had with her. Hi, Casey. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Josh. I'm good. I'm good.
0: So uh, (laughs) we watched some terrible documentaries this week. Uh, The first one, I'll just mention all of them, and then we'll talk about themes, because I feel like there's no real... Point in talking about the documentaries because I think the themes are more interesting. Uh, but we watched... Uh, God, I'm blanking out for no good reason. <laughs> American Experience, Timothy McVeigh, or the Oklahoma City Bombing by PBS. We watched Waco Rules of Engagement, and then we watched the last episode of a series on Showtime called Active Shooters, and it was on
1: Columbine. Uh,
0: so how would you find those cases? <laughs> um,
1: kind of infuriating also fascinating um like specifically the Waco one like when you suggested that we talk about them I was kind of like iffy about that because that story has always been like one of those that makes me really mad but I was like you know what why not let's talk about (laughs) it (laughs) I've always
0: been obsessed with Waco uh I don't know maybe it's because I'm from Texas uh Mm. but uh, rules of engagement really like opened up my eyes, uh, but I don't think we should start there. We should start probably with the Timothy Bay one because it ties really neatly into Waco. I mean, it's part of the, the reason why he did it, but uh, the documentary we watched talks a lot about how there was this undercurrent in the late, well, early 80s, late 70s, where white nationalism was like becoming a more and more popular thing and it was very appealing to like poor working class people <laughs> uh, yeah and just like knowing history that's when Reagan takes power and he starts dismantling the manufacturing economy that the country had and stuff like that uh, so I've always found that extremely interesting <laughs> like it's, it's almost like they're related
1: one could be forgiven for thinking <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah it it definitely is and um, like the political stuff behind that too is I forget the I think it was the through line podcast it's from NPR they were talking about this was actually an episode on pro-life but they talked a lot about how the Carter presidency led to a lot of the like pro-gun NRA type stuff that we see and a lot of that really ties well into the the documentary on um, the Oklahoma City bombing, too. Because it all was like this powder keg that was hitting at the same time. Yeah, it's
0: funny because, like, they make a big case out of arguing that, like, the two tools or the two topics that the white supremacist uh, groups used to recruit was gun rights and religious rights, which is extremely insane uh, because that's basically what they do now, too. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, they perfected it then. I feel like that's when they started really perfecting their message and um, their recruitment tactics. Because they found that those things are what like, get people emotional. And then the FBI didn't help by being like, you know those things you are afraid of? Here you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, the <laughs> FBI, just just like when we mentioned in the last episode, uh, not very good at their jobs. <laughs> uh
1: they tend to fuck up but one thing i will say though in the oklahoma city bombing this one seems like one where they like really actually used evidence like they did their job to find out who did
0: yeah very much so
1: granted their actions are what kind of led up to it happening but they they did a good job investigating i can't i gotta give them props for that one i guess
0: (laughs) so it all starts uh well it doesn't start there but there's uh they mention an attack by, like, this guy called Bob Matthews, who was very active in the white nationalist scene. Uh He started a terrorist group <laughs> called The Order. They commit a bunch of robberies. And then they eventually kill the host of a radio show. He's Jewish. And they kill him because he's Jewish. And he keeps, like, making fun of them. And then they stick up a, like, what do they call those? Like, bank. uh yeah, truck. Brink's truck. And they leave a gun, and then they trace them back. And
1: <laughs> How dumb do you have to be to leave yeah. your gun?
0: <laughs> I mean, probably not the brightest of people joining these groups. Facts. But then they find another guy. His name is uh, Randy Weaver, and his whole thing is he just he's a, like he's a white separatist, but like he just lived by himself. But he does commit some sort of crime by creating sawnoff off shotguns. Then the FBI thinks it's going to be another shootout like it was with the order guys, and they like kill his son, Mm -hmm. his wife, wound the guy, and like generally fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because they did a no knock raid, which, like, from watching all of these, they should need to stop doing that shit. That is some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And, like, they keep fucking it up. They keep doing it now, and it's left, like, hundreds, probably thousands of people dying. Uh,
1: Yeah, and they they had entrapped him to begin with with yeah like an FBI guy right yeah they had a a known informant who saw him and was like all right i'm gonna make him my target and they textbook entrapped him because they thought that they could turn him against his fellow racists and he was like which was dumb because he didn't trust the government that was his whole identity so why they think he would trust them i don't know
0: yeah like I also read that they pick him because, like, the, when they entrap him, they pick him because he's poor. So they know if someone offers him, like, $500 to show, uh sign off the shotguns, he'll do it. Mm. Which, like, adds a sort of element of class into the whole discussion. Like, of course, there's plenty of other, it's the 80s, there's plenty of high-profile racists that have money, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you don't go after those because they have money. You go after the poor ones
1: right
0: so that happens uh and then a couple years later he goes to prison or whatever and that's the thing that sets off timothy mcbay who's the oklahoma city bombing guy uh yeah and then he goes and then waco happens uh waco was a group of people branch davidians who were also selling guns uh uh and practicing their weird religion so i like i mean it's not even uh, yeah it, it is weird because there's a lot no religion of
1: religion shaming
0: but there was child abuse in that one I mean, but there's child abuse in the Catholic one so (laughs) I mean, point is they were just they're doing their own thing, like had they not been doing the gun stuff, like I don't think the ATF or the FBI would have gone after them Uh, but they're just practicing their religious pretty quietly, it's a quirky religion but what religion isn't quirky Um, and then, once again, they do a no-knock raid but the Vidians. well there's a huge there's a huge thing or like who shot first uh i tend to believe it was probably the atf and the FBI that shot first
1: yeah me too uh,
0: because in the documentary there's those calls where they're like I know, whoever i think it's Schrader, uh bob Schrader, or someone from the Vidians, calling 911 to tell them to stop shooting because there's children and women inside of the compound Uh, So I think if you start, if you were the one that started shooting, you probably wouldn't do that. Right. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's me. And then (laughs) Oklahoma City bombing happens a year later, like literally a year later. To the day. To the day, right? Yeah. And then a couple years later, Columbine happens (laughs) on the same fucking day. Wow. So, uh, but we should talk about like, I think the themes are more important Uh, to me. The disillusionment uh, that happens with white guys. <laughs> <laughs> because all of them tend to be, like, regular regular white guys who are like, were always supposed to have it better. And then, like, somewhere along the line, they realize, like, oh, it's not going to be better. And they become really disillusioned. Like, Timothy mcbey goes to Iraq and is, like, very much about being in the army. And he goes to ranger school until he... Rel- like, he, he, there's a part where they're interviewing him and he talks about how, like, he shot and killed these people and then he would come up to them. And he was like, oh, they're just fucking people. Like, we're just bullying them here. Uh, And then he comes back to the U.S. and can't find a job or anything. And, like, immediately turns against the federal government. But for the bad guy. Like, (laughs) for the wrong reason.
1: (laughs) It's, like, the same thing with, um... Which one were we talking about last time? That sent the bombs in the mail. The Unabomber. The Unabomber, yes. It's, like, I understand going to this going into this war, he was in Desert Storm and realizing like, hey, I'm killing these people for no reason. They're human beings. I shouldn't be killing them. Makes sense. Going down to Waco and being like, the federal government just murdered these children. Getting angry about that. Makes sense. How that now turns into like I now have to blow up a federal building, like I I never can get the there's a disconnect there for me.
0: I actually understand it
1: explain (laughs)
0: he has he has a point he says like these people aren't gonna take notice until we have a body count and like it sounds like a terrible thing to do but like the way the american system works yeah no one pays attention until you like either have enough people to do something like you have a mass movement of people doing stuff or you rack up a body count it's one or the other (laughs) like there's no other way apparently to make the system pay attention.
1: But then, to what end? Then, like that's what I kind of always missed with Timothy McVeigh. Like, what after you kill these people and the system is paying attention, then what? Like, what is the end goal here?
0: They all, well, most of them, I think, uh, see themselves as the spark,
1: yeah. or
0: I think the match, the light, the keg, uh, and they 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 talk about like they talk about revolutions, even. Uh, tying it now to eric uh i was gonna say eric holder but that's
1: that's <laughs> not the eric no. uh, former attorney general eric
0: harris i think yeah eric harris from columbine like mm-hmm. in his writings he constantly talks about how he will be the person to set off whatever revolution or whatever sort of rebellion uh and it's yeah, been just been waiting for a leader yeah unfortunately, and i feel like that's right. the same way that's the same way Timothy McVeigh felt, and it's the same way the Unabomber felt, and it's the same way uh, David Koresh felt. David Koresh thought he was the last messiah, uh, the sinful messiah, or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, he would battle, like, he would start the the first, like, the first fight or whatever between these religious people and Babylon. In this case, Babylon was, like, the United States federal government, and, like, they would, that would be the first fight, but as soon as people saw it, people would join like they all have this delusion that like they're, they're it, like they're a man of history and like it, it's their time. Like their time has come to do this one thing.
1: See, that's what is wrong with white supremacy today because these dudes are just like I'm that guy. Like they've been reinforced through everything through their lives that like I can be that. Like I can be that to change everything. Like not nah, dog, you can't. <laughs> and
0: I think like. I I don't I don't wanna say like I agree with them. Because, uh, obviously like I'm not white so I wouldn't endorse white supremacy. Good
1: to <laughs> know that's so what's wrong.
0: Uh but uh I understand that sort of, like, sense of, uh, I don't know how to say it, like, that sort of sense of, like, you're important, because, like you said, like, they've been told for so long that they're important, and, like, when they look back at history, the history we read, at least in schools, it always points to, like, white guys getting it done, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, at least what we're taught, for sure, yeah.
0: Well, it's always, like, yeah, like, what a weird thing, a bunch of white guys happen to be, like, huge, uh, hugely influential, I wonder who wrote the books. <laughs> Uh but like they've been told and then like as we move forward, I think like especially after the late seventies, uh like capitalism has started to work at a hyper level. And so like those options that were available to them aren't available to them because like capitalism has to keep chugging along and so it has to make people poorer and poorer regardless of like their whatever their like previous status was. So like white guys are in the same fucking boat. And I feel like that's why a lot of them snap, because, like, they're not supposed to be, right? (laughs) There's the sense that, like, they're not supposed to be us. Like, me, yeah, I'm supposed to be fucked. Like, (laughs) it's it's the history, right? Uh, But they're not supposed to be that. And then there's that disillusionment. And in the U.S., in that specific time period, when, like, all of this was happening, even now, the left can't reach those people. And we... I don't know if we can reach them or we don't try to reach them. And so it leads to like them just being co-opted completely by the right. Um, and then we get shit like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that we can't, like, us as whatever you want to call, liberal, left-leaning, whatever label they give us, I don't think that our ideologies can really reach those people that are that far gone because especially like the cases that we're looking at um especially with waco and oklahoma city their whole thing was lack of they don't trust the government government should not be involved with anything and then when we're like hey healthcare should be (laughs) provided by the government like free college all that stuff that's the complete opposite but i feel like
0: you can't make that argument because like i don't like i don't like the government and i don't think any of us like the government as it currently exists so like I think mm-hmm. that the economy in their brain uh, is sort of similar to, like, the Trump thing. It's, like, uh, it's fake fake populism. Like, they're outraged at the government, but they don't yeah. understand that, like, it's not the government itself because the government is a tool of a specific group of people. So they should be mad at the people right. that control the government. So, like, specifically after he comes back, Timothy McVeigh, after he comes back from Iraq, I think that's the moment where, like, we could have seized on him. Uh, not once he's Mm. exposed to, like, the fake patriotism and all that stuff, because they talk about how, like, the whole scene is, like, meant to fuck you over. (laughs) Like, the whole guns rights, it's, like, a propaganda. Like, when they do the gun shows or whatever, like, they're just places to provide propaganda to people, and I feel like the left has never been good at having those sort of spaces. Like, we're not good at propaganda. Like, we don't, first of all, we don't like to admit that we're doing propaganda. (laughs) <laughs> which is like yeah we should just be like yeah this yeah. is propaganda because like the right does it all the time we need to be-
1: yeah we're really bad at like um corralling our people <laughs> for some reason like, if you look at the right they have uh, what's that thing called alec where they bring together um, business leaders and legislators and they literally have this conference. Betsy DeVos was a speaker at it one year. They have this conference where they come together and they write legislation together. And then two years later, we see identical or nearly identical legislation coming out of governor's office from <laughs> half of the Republican states in the country. And we're like, how did this happen? And then we see documents from ALEC that are like, oh, they planned this and wrote this two years ago and they've been doing this together like we don't have yeah. things like that for more on that
0: listen to an <laughs> episode <laughs> i'll be recording with uh robert burns
1: <laughs> what are you uh, guys gonna be talking about uh,
0: tune in casey
1: <laughs> okay, can't uh, wait can't wait But you know what it's
0: sort of tied up because like the right has all these gun shows and they also have church like that's where those people organize they organize a right. the church and on the left i think uh, because the left is full of people that are, like, I don't know, like, un- anti-authoritarian by default. So, like, they look at churches as not evil, but, like, venal and, like, things that we should ignore. But it's, like, actually, that's a great organizing space.
1: <laughs> yeah. They only acknowledge it when it comes to Black folks. And then in a really, in a way that I find kind of offensive, because it's like okay if we want to talk to black people we got to go to the black church and um they don't really think that we exist in any other spaces
0: it's like but you know who also goes to church all the evangelicals and shit like all those people constantly go to church
1: yeah it it's crazy and then like even the books that um mcveigh was reading that book is spread throughout everywhere and he pretty much got his entire plan of blowing up that building um from that book he he built the bomb from the turner diaries from... yes y- thank you know you, who turner was
0: uh, very interested in making a film adaptation of the turner diaries
1: oh my gosh who
0: steve bannon Because he understands how powerful of a propaganda piece it is. Like, when you look at the pictures in the thing, it's, like, the, the cops or whatever. They're called the Equality Police. Uh, and, like, that's basically calling someone a social justice warrior before that term came to life.
1: It's kind of genius. Like, I hate to admit it, but their tactics are really smart. And that's why they get people like him and he wasn't a part of that's the scary part about it too is that he wasn't a part of one of these groups right like he was on the fringe of it he went to the gun shows but he wasn't a part of any like white supremacist group he didn't have a crew it was just him and he had his two friends that he kind of like bullied into helping him but at the end of the day it was It was him. I I
0: found that part extremely disingenuous. Because, like, I can't imagine someone bullying me into committing a terror act.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact about me. I used to be a bully in grade school. I'm reformed.
0: I thought you were going (laughs) to say I committed a terror act because I got bullied.
1: No, no. No terrorists. But I was a bully. And, like, like I can low-key see it. Because people just want to be accepted so bad by someone that they think is cool. Yeah. That they'll do whatever they have to do to, like, get that approval.
0: I think uh, that ties very neatly into Columbine. Because Columbine is, like, we often talk about Eric and Dylan, the two perpetrators. If you guys don't know, read up on Columbine. It's pretty interesting. Uh, As, like, them doing it together. But they did it for different reasons, like, the documentary talks about, like, Eric was very much a, sadi- a sadist, a, sos- a sos- no, a psychopath, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, he was doing it out of hatred. And Dylan was doing it because he was just suicidal, and he wanted to die, and he was like, yeah, fuck it, like, I'll do this to get this done. Uh, just, like, a big fuck right. it to everybody, but, like, all he really wanted was to die. And it's about how, like, Eric basically convinced this I'm not like I don't I don't know how to like say it without humanizing him, but like this guy who' was just very confused in his life into committing like a mass murder.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that there's so many things to unpack with that because like one they are teenagers, and like I feel like sometimes it's overstated how much peer pressure influences teenagers, but at the same time, when you're in that age group, your friends have a lot more say on what you think is okay to do than pretty much anyone in your life in that area. So if they were really, really that close, they weren't loners, like, you know, the media at the time tried to portray them as, but if, if that was his confidant and then your confidant is kind of twisting your feelings and being like, well, you know how you can get this done it's really scary to see how that can, um, manifest itself in children, really.
0: Yeah, and to this day, the media remains, like, complicit in a lot of these crimes, like, (laughs) uh, yeah, like, like, especially in Columbine, like, they kept talking about how, like, these kids were into Marilyn Manson, and they were into, like doom the like violent video games and they were loners and they were bullied and like all of that is fake like they all like they went to prom one of them had two prom dates <laughs> <laughs> Pimp. Uh, Pimp, they weren't loners by any sort of standard like they had multiple friends like a lot lar- a large group of f- friends uh, and they weren't bullied. bullied like people talk about how like they were if anything bullies themselves uh, yeah But the media immediately ceased on this and didn't address, like, oh, yeah, like, this kid praised Hitler multiple times, Eric specifically, and would talk Mm -hmm. about it a lot. And he'd committed, like, a bunch of different things leading up to this. Uh, It wasn't like he woke up one day and snapped. Like, he'd been, like, harassing some of his uh, classmates. He broke his ex-girlfriend's windshield. A bunch of dumb shit like that. And same with Timothy McVeigh. Like, people ceased immediately on his anti-government uh like anti-government beliefs but no one ever discussed the fact that like he professed white supremacist views and like he was part of a larger network and he knew a lot of these people that went to the gun shows and like he did a bunch of this stuff and same thing like in a different way same thing with uh, david koresh like they talked about how he was like extremely weird uh, a lot of sexual abuse a lot of like child abuse, but they never talked about like the guns or the fact that like they also like they kept like the the FBI and the ATF kept saying like oh they were stockpiling a lot of guns. Uh, it's not illegal to stockpile guns, and it's not illegal to like have guns at home. <laughs> None of those things are nope. illegal. Uh, but the media helped them cover it up, and they keep helping people cover it up, uh, and it's sort of insane.
1: The the media only cares about and it's worse today with the internet, but like they care about what sells, what is going to keep people tuned into their station. Nowadays, it's what's going to get you to click on their thing. So in the case of Columbine to say like this one kid was, you know, severely disturbed and may or may not have manipulated this one child that was depressed, that doesn't sell as many newspapers or get people tuned in as much as like, they were bullied and, and ridiculed and they targeted jocks and like all that is far more sensationalized because we all went to school and we all saw the bullied kids. So now we're all afraid, like, could it happen to me? So now we have to watch every single thing that comes up about Columbine so we can figure it out. And parents are scared, like, could it be my kid? Because my kid got bullied or my kid is a bully or any of that. That creates way more of a sensation that's going to get people tuned in. For way longer,
0: and it it like people often save the word terrorism for uh, Middle Eastern people <laughs> or any like any other people that aren't that are from here. Like we don't use it as much for any of these events. So th- that's terrorism. Like
1: the face of terrorism in America is white yeah. male and Christian, and it's always and we been know white. that documents. <laughs> like if you lay out not just mass shootings but terrorists attacks that happened on american soil generally it's not it's white it's <laughs> males always, it's
0: always like the kkk is a terrorist organization with the like expressed purpose of terrorizing african-american people like that's what a lynching yeah. mob was like there was a terrorist group attacking a person for nothing that like the person could do
1: even with the oklahoma city bombing the media again reported that oh this is middle eastern terrorism they had no evidence to that of course they just were like bomb on a federal building has got to be middle eastern yeah like
0: immediately went to that and it's like no it's some white guy from fucking michigan (laughs) where the fuck is wrong
1: (laughs) wherever the hell
0: yeah
1: that's it's just do you think that people it would have gotten as sensationalized if it wasn't for like the amount of children that got killed there I've been
0: thinking about like it that and i think i've been thinking a up. lot about that uh i'm gonna bring up uh newtown mm-hmm. uh, because to me it seems like there's that famous quote like first as a tragedy and then as a farce
1: mm. and like
0: oklahoma was the tragedy because all those children died Right? And like, we knew it was white supremacy, and then we knew it had to deal with gun rights, and we knew it had to deal with like a bunch of other stuff, but instead we just were like, oh, here we just dislike the government and like put a pin on it, and that was it. Uh, and Newtown right. is the farce because that was the last time that we should have ever talked about gun rights. Because, like, when someone can walk into a school and kill 22 children uh, with like within a matter of like seconds because of the weapon they have. Uh, and we didn't do anything, like, that. that's the end of it. Like, there's no, like, every time people bring it up, it sounds, like, extremely callous of me, but it's, like, it's not going to change. Like, nothing that could happen will change it because, like, it's happened twice, and no one did anything. So we're just stuck in this cycle without resolution, seeing children be mowed down by these fucking things.
1: Yeah, I agree completely with Newtown. Um, I feel like if any of us were... Confused about what the uh, priorities of this country are, it got we got disillusioned when Newtown happened because like these aren't these are five year olds and six year olds that are dead, right? And like that, people were still arguing and successfully arguing that like their right to have this military style weapon was more important than the lives of damn near toddlers. It's definitely like I don't see a world where anything else would spark change
0: yeah like that I think I've been talking to I think I was talking to Jess about it and that's that's the end like when they write history books that'll be the <laughs> the beginning of the like last stages of the United States as a country like oh. we can't like there's no reconciling those two things right like you either you either understand what 22 kids dying <laughs> means or you don't and you want to hold on to your guns and like I'm not I'm not anti-gun or whatever but like that's the end of the discussion like that's the, the, there's there's no there's no getting together like that's why the whole idea of like unity or whatever afterwards is repulsive because it's not something that could happen.
1: It can't because what is your thoughts and prayers going to do? What like part? we've been we've been thinking the thoughts and prayers. Like what is that going to do? We've been thinking and praying since forever, <laughs> and this issue has only gotten worse. So,
0: and and, and I think it's something that the right going back to like what ties it all together. Like it's something that the right figured out way way ahead of us. Like they figured it out mm-hmm. as soon as they started talking about abortion like that's one of those Mm -hmm. issues like there's no like there's people that are pro-choice and pro life and there's no meeting in the middle because one of them is murders to some people and the other one is just like a thing right so like (laughs) they figured out very quickly that that would be a, a very good cudgel to separate people and keep their people and the left has not figured out how to do that in the u.s with anything
1: yeah they found their like core core issues and then they identified those single issue voters and they are holding on to them for dear life. <laughs>
0: and it's working. Um,
1: <laughs> it it works really well. And then it's what I find fascinating too on the right is how they simultaneously have this distrust of authority, right? But then they also have this like don't question law enforcement thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's, a new development.
0: that's a like post 9 development
1: i don't know because i feel like with waco when they were um when they were doing the the hearings yeah the senate hearing um they kind of it felt like what a lot of the witnesses were saying on the government side and even some of the senators were saying like Well, the FBI said it happened this way. And then people were like, okay, well, where's the video? Where's the evidence? Where's the guns? Where's this? And they were like, well, I'm trusting what the FBI said. And these are trained people. So how dare you? And like, Chuck Schumer was in there looking all young. And he's like, looking like, are you trying trying to say, you know? And it's just like, how dare you question these people who clearly wouldn't do anything wrong. But see, those were live. live. the lives.
0: The liberals, I think the liberals, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to our liberal friends, <laughs> but have always been very much about procedure. So, like, if a cop says you're supposed to do these things, then you're supposed to do them, right? Uh, and, like, they would never lie because, like, that's not how the rule, like, that's not how the game is played. So, like, the cops would never lie. And that's why I think those people Before 9-11, people on the right could be won over because they had a distrust of the government that I think is healthy. Like, I don't think you should ever trust the government because they have a history of fucking things up, especially in this country. Like, their instinct that, like, the government is working for corporations or that the government is not looking out for them and that the government is prosecuting them because of who they are, is a correct one. They're just misapplying it, because the government's not prosecuting them for being Christians. It's prosecuting people for being brown, for not speaking the right language. It's prosecuting people for being too poor. It's prosecuting people for their sexual orientation or sexual expression or whatever. It like It is a correct thing. They're just not applying it correctly. But after yeah. 9-11, I feel like worship of the state became central to the right and I think that's where we really got fucked because <laughs> like all that distrust, like that they hold that the dichotomy in their brains of like I don't trust the government but also the government is always right
1: <laughs> yeah I don't I would love to figure out how they reconcile that within themselves but then I you know what I think it is I think it's like if the government's fucking with me, they're wrong. But if they're fucking with people who do not look or act like me, then they're, they're definitely right.
0: Yeah, I think it's that... If it's, it's
1: brown, black people, then, yeah, those people should have just listened to the it's cops. It's that white
0: supremacy, sort of, like... Like, you and people that look like you are always right. So the cops, when they fuck with you, then the cops are wrong. But when they're fucking with everybody else, then those other people have earned it. Like, they've done something to, to warrant like whatever is happening for them
1: uh i mean historically that's the reason the cops exist like the first police officers were slave catchers and catching runaway slaves so the whole purpose of them from their inception was to protect the property quote-unquote of white folks and then that evolved and it's never been to protect people like you and i it's been to protect those folks so when they're like the laws apply to them, they're super confused. <laughs> like, wait, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah, like,
0: like, like, I bet you David Koresh, well, I don't know about David Koresh, but, uh, Timmy, Timmy Bay and all of those guys would be completely fine with, like, people getting shot, like, brown mm-hmm. people getting shot, black people getting shot. Uh, and, like, with them conducting no-knock rates on Black people. But as soon as it happened to them, then it became a monstrosity. It's an overstep of what the government's supposed to do. It's all these other things.
1: Yeah. Well, Waco wasn't over... Like, it yeah, angers me. The people me. in Waco really got it wrong. Like I'm- <laughs> it angers me to my core, and it has since I was a child. So, like, my love of these criminal justice crime documentaries all that stuff comes from my mom like she doesn't watch anything other than the ID network and like when i was way <laughs> really too young we would watch unsolved mysteries together and um the one where they look for the what's it called america's most wanted and all that so i remember being like a little kid and watching documentaries with my mom about waco and being like fuck the police <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it has been one of those, like, infuriating things to me because it's just like the fact that it happened, the fact that no one was punished for it, the fact that these hearings happened and Joe Biden sat up there and said, like, nobody did nothing wrong, essentially. Classic Joe. It just is like, to me, it, it leaves us with no hope because you don't expect. I don't expect the FBI to do the right thing in most cases, like CoinTel Pro happened, right? I'm not. Yeah. They killed Fred Hampton in his bed.
0: I mean, they bombed MOVE, which the anniversary was this week. Uh, yeah, insane. Say something about that. Like <laughs> that's yeah.
1: I am not too far from there.
0: Yeah, like, that's um, fucking insane. And like, yeah, like no one. It was just like, oh yeah, that happened.
1: Dog, I can't even. A couple years. <sighs> I stay on Waco because the move bombing is another one. We need. We need. Uh, I feel
0: like this needs to be a reoccurring podcast. You and me just talking about these sort of things.
1: Let's just create a new crime podcast.
0: Yeah, I'll create a new (laughs) intro (laughs) just for you and me.
1: Wait, what was I even saying about Waco? I just got mad about move and forgot what I was saying. That
0: you don't, you don't see any hope because, like, these people.
1: Yeah, because not only did this happen, because, like, all right individuals are individuals like they said in the waco documentary like they ha- the atf the fbi they have all these cool toys these military style things that they never get to use so they got the chance and they just went crazy but what allows people to have faith in their government is this myth that we have of oversight right like something like that happens they're supposed to be somebody held accountable they're supposed to be something done about it children were poisoned with cyanide and no one was held responsible and they knew that children were in there and nothing gets done for that
0: yeah i mean one of the most upsetting things to me is like when they're talking you know how like at waco at least they had to knock down the walls um Mm -hmm. and they were like oh we had mics everywhere in there but that day there was a lot of ambient noise so we couldn't hear and we didn't know they were pouring gas and we didn't know blah, blah, blah 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 it's like oh dang you motherfuckers don't want to wait until you can hear what's going on inside.
1: <laughs> and it's just like, okay, so you didn't know they were pouring gas. Whatever. You knew that the agent that you were using in under cer- certain circumstances was flammable. So don't you have a contingency plan? I think one of the lawmakers asked, like, hey, did y'all think, hey, if this catches fire, this is what we'll do. And he didn't give a good answer for that. But what they did do was when it was caught on fire, they knew children were in there. They told the fire trucks not to come.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
1: Because it's a fire. And...
0: Like, obviously, like, a fire is dangerous, but like you, we have a history of putting those out.
1: <laughs> right. And then when you talk about the MOVE bombing, I think that's why Waco, MOVE, those are two of those events in history that have always, like gotten an emotional response from me that i really don't like to talk about much because when i get angry i start saying things that i probably shouldn't say out loud (laughs) it's so similar because in the move bombing these people barricaded them they were same thing raid whatever they barricaded themselves inside again the government knew there were children in there they said okay fine y'all not coming out they dropped fire bombs on them from above And the people had barricaded themselves in so they couldn't get out. And all those people died. And not only did those people die, um, Philadelphia is pretty much all row homes if you're in the city. Like all connected straight down the block. Maybe like 40, 50 houses. All connected. Um, Dozens of people lost their homes because the fire spread. If there's a, a fire on a block in Philly, almost all the houses are gone almost every time. All that fire spread, all those people lost their homes. They condemn those houses and give these people like pennies. They offer them like between ten dollars and $20,000 for their homes. People who are renters got nothing. $10,000, $20,000 is not going to buy you a new home. So some people didn't leave because they couldn't afford to leave. They just stayed in these condemned homes. And then a few years ago, the city was trying to evict people from their homes because a developer wanted to, you know, raise the block and turn it into condos. And they were trying to take people out of it. The- it's so <laughs> infuriating.
0: hear you because that's what a hometown, <laughs> local hometown hero, Beto O'Rourke, did
1: here in El Paso. <laughs> uh, wait, what did he do? I don't know about this.
0: So there's a one of the oldest neighborhoods in the United States is in El Paso. It's called Duranguito, mm-hmm. and it's like right across the border. So, like, uh, a lot of people, including my main man, got it into their head that they wanted to revitalize downtown. And so, to revitalize downtown, they had to take that neighborhood and uh, fucking kick everybody out uh, and then build a soccer stadium for an MLS team, you say? No, of course not. <laughs> like, not even an MLS team. Uh, and so, people found out that, like, some of the people that were related to the whole thing. Or it's like his father-in-law or something. And so he said he'd abstain from voting when it came to City Hall. Uh, right. And then it came to City Hall, and guess what my man did?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: like a boss.
1: <laughs> like a boss. Uh, yeah. I would love to see how many communities of color have been destroyed for the sake of revitalization. Oh, too many. Too many like I can think of the community um in Pittsburgh that was one of the oldest jazz communities in America, like people would travel from all over the world to go there, they demolished that entire community to build sports stadiums Hells
0: yeah that's what you that's what you love to hear
1: <laughs> <laughs> <America>. <laughs> um
0: but yeah, like there's I think the Waco people like the, the of course the child abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. terrible Um, uh, <laughs> that, so, that sounds so like just like oh yeah it happens but like obviously
1: well, you know what? It, because as a criminal justice buff the child abuse is we know that's terrible doesn't have to be said but it's kind of fucking irrelevant to the facts of what happened because they were the ATF what's that alcohol tobacco firearms Right, that's what they. Do. Okay, so they were there to execute a warrant. Where in that are we talking about any child abuse? Child abuse allegations didn't come in to anybody's conversation until y'all, until y'all started shooting at people.
0: Yeah, like they needed now,
1: sudden,
0: They needed a cover. Um,
1: they, yeah, they needed to change the narrative in the media, and it worked.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't know. I feel like I understand why. understand the rise of like the white supremacist uh groups around the 80s and then i Mm. completely miss like i i don't understand how the left didn't seize on it because like there was actual material conditions that led to it so you would assume we would have an analysis and be able to do something about it because like those are your people like they all look not not your people but like those are our people Like, they lost their jobs, and they don't see the future getting any better. And it's like, you can point directly at economic decisions made at the top and explain to them why.
1: See, the problem that you're having is you're using logic to create (laughs) your (laughs) thought. That's where you fucking up at. (laughs) Classic. Throw that out the window, and then everything will make sense.
0: Uh, Well, we're at the 45-minute mark. Casey, is there anything... Mm -hmm. That you'd like to say about it, like wrapping up.
1: Um, I have so many feelings. (laughs) I have so many feelings. Um, what I'm going to say is, despite what people will have you think, it is the most American thing to question our government and to question authority. This country was founded by people being like, I don't like what the government's doing. I'm going to do shit my way.
0: It's like, I have to pay
1: taxes on tea? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, like, the thought process, like, even with police shootings that are happening nowadays, the most recent ones, um, people will try to make you feel like you're un-American or unpatriotic for saying that um, these things are wrong, and I feel like that's gaslighting on the highest, highest level and we should just take a step back and realize like the government is made up of people and those people don't always have the best intentions and it's our job as citizens to hold those people who salaries our tax dollars pay it's our job to hold them accountable
0: I agree with that 100% uh, also if they don't want to show you a tape, they're probably hiding something so get that fucking tape We'll uh, thank you for
1: coming and- Casey Thank you, Josh.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hope you guys like that. Uh i created new intros for every single podcast well not every single podcast for three different types of podcasts so hopefully you guys like the new intros and the little segues. uh but thank you guys so much for tuning in like always thank you casey for coming on and discussing such heavy <laughs> topics i guess um uh, but yeah thank you guys make sure to like share subscribe and rate the podcast uh, but yeah thank you guys so much have a good one see you on the next episode